Welcome to Classic Comedy of Old Time Radio. I'm your host, Ron Ecklebarger. And we're back with the Bob Hope Show. This is episode number 535, which originally aired on May 20th, 1952. There are some jokes in here that seem kind of familiar to me. If any of you can place it and see if maybe it's been this has been a, in the shows before, well, I do not believe this is a repeat show, but they certainly could have reused some jokes. Anyway, let me know if you figure out where these were used before, because I can't. <laughs> anyway, here now is Bob Hope with his special guests, Marilyn Maxwell and Jack Kirkwood. <laughs> Bob Hope Show, transcribed for the Long Beach Air Force Base, Long Beach, California, with Les Brown and his band of renown, yours truly, High Aberback. Our special guests, Marilyn Maxwell and Jack Kirkwood. And here he is, Bob Hope. Gentlemen, here we are again for the men of the Air Force at Long Beach, California, where Iowa meets the sea. <laughs> Isn't this Cedar Rapids, California, huh? <laughs> yes, sir, good old Long Beach. There's a lot of oil in this town. Sort of a grease rack with seagulls. <laughs> no kidding, I haven't seen so much oil since I borrowed George Raft's comb. This is a great place for water sports. There's a broad expanse of beach, a broad expanse of sea, a broad expanse of sky. Then I came out in my bathing suit. <laughs> and you should have seen those girls' bathing suits. I couldn't. <laughs> I won't say the gal suits are skimpy this year, but when a girl drops her handkerchief, she isn't flirting. She's in trouble. I like to swim. I'm pretty good, too. In fact, I'm one of the few comedians who can hold his breath longer than his audience. <laughs> it's discouraging, though. Every time I float on my back, Walter Winchell reports an enemy submarine off the coast. <laughs> and you see so much romance on the beach. Want to work on that a while? And June romance has even affected the Air Force. This morning I saw a colonel and both his eagles were on one shoulder. <laughs> I should have opened with that joke. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I want to tell you, it's nice to be doing a show for these boys of the Air Force, these gypsies of the skies. You know, when these guys take off, you never know where they'll wind up. In fact, the Air Force doesn't ask them where they're going anymore. Now they just radio the pilot, tell us where to put the runway. <laughs> but the Air Force men aren't the only ones who are getting around. Everyone's traveling this year. There are so many Americans going to Europe, the Navy Department had to change its slogan. It's now, join the Navy and see your relatives. 
I'm going over on a boat. I have to go by boat. Florence Chadwick back down on her promise. <laughs> Last year, I crossed on that English luxury line of the Queen Elizabeth. It would have been a perfect trip, except the captain had the typical stubborn British attitude. He wanted to steer. Say, have you noticed how refreshing and different the people are down here in Long Beach? Well, how do you mean, Bob? Well, maybe it hasn't happened to you, High, but down here everybody recognizes me. Everywhere I go, the crowds open up and make way for me. Well, naturally, this is an Air Force town, and with that nose, they think you're a guided missile. (laughs) You're so stuck up since you've had this stubbed. You changed, High. Say, naturally, High. Look, why wouldn't they? Why, uh, don't be funny, High. That's what I love. <laughs> Took me a little while, but I got a ride, so... <laughs> Why, at that luncheon the mayor gave for us today, when I walked in, everybody stopped talking and looked at me. Well, why wouldn't they look at you? You were the only one there wearing a full-dress suit and walking on stilts. Still <laughs> 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 that line. <laughs> You want to try it again? Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? (laughs) Your ties are on a diet, too, aren't they? uh... Why, at that lunch that the mayor gave for us today, when I walked in, everybody stopped talking and looked at me. Well, why wouldn't they look at you? You were the only one there wearing a full-dress suit and walking on stilts. Must be the line. Now, I guess... (laughs) But seriously, hi, I look pretty good in that dress suit. Why, just on the way to my table, ten people stopped me. For autographs? No, they wanted more bread. thought you were a waiter. Well, why didn't you tell them who you were? I did, and they sent me back for butter. <laughs> Say, but after they got it straightened out, everybody thought I made a distinguished appearance. Oh, sure. Well, I'll leave it to Marilyn Maxwell. Marilyn! Yes? Say, <laughs> Marilyn, didn't you think I looked very well in my dress suit at the luncheon? Well, Marilyn, why don't you answer me? What's the matter? The bread you brought me was stale. <laughs> well, Marilyn, I don't care what you say. I thought that, uh... Is, uh, Mr. Hope in here? Yes, I'm Bob Hope. I understand that later this evening you're putting on a big benefit show here in Long Beach with the Bell Sisters, Les Brown's band, Alfred Apaka, Marilyn Maxwell, and Jane Russell. And as for the underprivileged children... That's right. Well, could you get me the seat next to Jane Russell? Why do you want to sit next to Jane Russell? I'm an underprivileged adult. (laughs) Well, I'm in the same boat. I made four pictures with her, and I'm still tied up at the dock. I'm only kidding. I'm a newspaper reporter on the local paper, and I'm covering this big charity affair tonight. Can I ask you a few questions? Oh, go ahead. Mister, I think I should tell you that Bob doesn't like anybody who gets a laugh. You can say that again. Uh, you... Uh... <laughs> you mean, Miss Maxwell, that when Bob is on stage in front of an audience, he's afraid his competitors will be better than he is? You can say that again. 
That line's getting pretty dull, boy. And you are, too. If you continue putting in your two cents worth, I can arrange it so your summer vacation becomes a life career. Of it. I don't know why I kept you around this long anyway, High. Must be that I have an ancestor in my background who endowed me with the mental capacity of an idiot. You can say that again. <laughs> now listen to me, you. Uh, Mr. Hope, I don't mean to interrupt, but I've got to get my story back to the paper. Uh, would you give me some facts about tonight's benefit? Well, what do you want to know? Well, it seems that you're always doing a benefit. Uh, tell me, why do you do so many free benefits? Oh, it's no trouble. Besides, I get a kick out of it. It gives me a wonderful feeling, and it makes me happy. Of course, I don't do all shows free, you know. I'll admit that when a sponsor tempts me with a fat, juicy bankroll, I'm not above reaching out and grabbing some of those dirty old dollars. You can say that again and again. Down, down. Please. But I'm especially interested in tonight's affairs for under underprivileged kids, and I was one myself, you know. Oh, really? Yes. You see, I come from Ohio. <laughs> yeah, and my family were very poor. We were so poor, when I was born, my mother couldn't afford to go to the hospital. I went by myself. In our town, some people came from one side of the railroad tracks and some from the other side. I was born right between them. <laughs> this saved the doctor from slapping me. He just held me up and let a freight train back into me. Backed into me pretty hard, too. Even now, across my hips, it says, Swing and sway on the Santa Fe. <laughs> I remember I used to play with a kid next door. One day I saw him coming along the street, so I yelled to him, Hey, Monk, what do you want, Stunk? <laughs> hey, I'm getting sick and hanging around this crummy neighborhood. I wish there was something exciting we could do. Hey, I, I got a swell idea what we could do, maybe, huh? We, we can all gang together, and then we'll go out on a railroad trestle and saw a big hole in it, and when a train comes along, it'll fall through, and all the cars will pile up and down a gulch in a big wreck. What do you say? Where you been? We did that yesterday. <laughs> Hey, it's, it's nice to have you to play with again, Stunk, now that you got sprung out of reform school. Uh, what did the truant officer put you in for? Something I done at school, I wiped the blackboard. Well, why would they punish you for that? I wiped them with a truant officer. <laughs> hey, look across the tracks where the rich people live. There's that pretty little girl with a pigtails and a pink bloomers driving along in her pony cart. <laughs> Forget about that richie girl with the pigtails and the pink bloomers. Here comes little Marilyn Maxwell. Why'd you go for her? Oh, I got ambition. She's... <laughs> She's poor like us. Hi, kids. Hi, you calico pants. Steve, what are you guys talking about? Yeah, he was talking about his ambition. What you gonna be when you grow up, Stump? I... <laughs> you read that so well, don't you? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. My mother's going to take me to the fortune teller and find out. The fortune teller? Yeah, the gypsy. You know something? Before I was born, she predicted I was going to be a boy. Yeah? Yeah. Did your mother get her money back? <laughs> hey, listen, Monk. 
One more crack like that, and I'll tell you... Hey, hey, boys, don't fight. Here comes the rich girl in the pony cart, the one you're so crazy about. Yeah, well, don't laugh. I bet she likes me a little bit. I told you she likes me. She drove her pony right over me. Gee, Mr. Hope, that's a wonderful story. Can I use it in my newspaper article? Yeah, but it's really not so much. Just the story of a poor boy starting out with nothing but fighting with indomitable courage against almost overwhelming odds because I was determined that I was going to be a success. Well, you deserve a lot of credit, and I just hope that you'll keep trying. <laughs> well, I, I must be... Oh, listen, by the way, you didn't tell me. Did you ever meet the rich little girl in the pony cart? Yes, but years later. It was the biggest disappointment of my life. Really? Who was the little girl in the pigtails and the pink bloomers? Turn out to be Bing Crosby. <laughs> From then on, I went out with a pony. Song time, Marilyn. Come in, Marilyn. Go ahead. I get a Humpty Dumpty feeling All I know is I wanna sigh Like I've never sighed before Now when you're in love They say you can tell You're sick in the heart And you never get well Maybe they're right I wish that I knew Why I feel the way I do Am I in love? Am I in love? Well, I leave it up to you all I know is I wanna dance when I look at you. I get a tippy tappy feeling. All I know is I wanna dance like I've never danced before. My head's in a whirl, my heart's in a spin, and if I'm in love, I love what I'm in. I don't know why I'm feeling this way, but the feeling feels okay. business to transact down here in Long Beach, so we all came down early. Let's go back a few hours to this afternoon when we were on the road coming down here. Gee, isn't this wonderful, Marilyn? Well, tell the truth, Bob, I'd rather have flown to Long Beach. Oh, don't be silly. This is the way to travel. It's perfect weather to be on the open road. Oh, there's somebody I know. I think I'll honk at him. 
Hey, bud. Yeah. Keep your hands off the steering wheel. I'm driving this bus. <laughs> Don't use that tone of tone of voice to me, boy. The slogan of this bus line is supposed to be that the passenger's always right. Listen, lady. That's mister. <laughs> At your age, who can tell? <laughs> Brother, you're the biggest headache I ever had. Since we started out, you've done nothing but complain. I have not. I only asked for my rights. It says right on the back of the ticket, in case of a delay, lunch will be provided. That don't mean I have to make you a sandwich every time we come to a red light. <laughs> I know my rights. Just for once, I'd like to get what's coming to me. If I had my home paid for, I'd stop this bus and give it to you. <laughs> well, Bob, Bob, this is where we get off. Come on. Yeah, let me give the driver a smash, oh. will you? Just one. Just... Let us out here, driver. Bob, I don't understand why you insisted on coming down to Long Beach so early. Well, I have to go to that real estate office there on the corner, Marilyn. You see, I won a contest, and the prize was a small piece of property. You won a contest? Well, what kind? Well, the bank had a barrel with 8,952,000 beans in it, and I guessed the exact number. Well, gee, how'd you do it? By algebra and trigonometry, measuring the diameter and the hypotenuse, extracting the square root, and calculating the cubic volume? No, no, my brother's the night watchman. He let me in the back door, and we counted it. <laughs> Is this, is this the real estate office? Is this the one you mean, Bob? Yeah, let's see. The sign on the window says, Jay Kirkwood, realtor, huge track subdivided, rich estates managed, new cities planned and landscaped, also broken cookies, 10 cents a bag. <laughs> let's go in, huh? Yeah, I really want to know the value of my property. I do hope whoever we talk to is an old-time Californian. Pardon me, sir. Have you been in California a long time? That's right, boy. My name's Ramona. <laughs> Say, Jay Kirk, I have a question about some property, but first I want to make sure I'm talking to a reliable man. Well, I'm a leading citizen. Look, this emblem shows that I belong to the Chamber of Commerce. This is the Junior Chamber of Commerce. This is the Realty Board. This golden acorn means I'm a member of the City Parks Commission. And right here on my watch chain is this wet sponge. What's that for? I'm also a Johnny Ray fan. <laughs> Johnny Ray. Boy, there's a voice. You don't know whether he's singing or having a corn removed. <laughs> But look, mister, I came in to talk about some property. Yes, you did. Uh, 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 don't tell me. I'm pretty good at sizing up people. For instance, you're a little girl from the East who's worked hard in an office, saved up her money, and now you're going to buy a little vine-covered cottage here in California where your father here can sit on the front porch and wait for his pension. <laughs> It's a fine thing to say to a customer. You couldn't be drunk by any chance. Not by any chance. I've been working at it since 8 o'clock this morning. <laughs> 
Well, never mind that. I won the contest, and they told me to come to this office to get the prize. I hope the contest was honest. Oh, now you hurt my feelings. <laughs> Do I look like the kind of person who would cheat and just for a few dollars stoop so low as to swindle my fellow man? No, actually, you look very honest. In fact, I'm willing to trust you with everything I've got. Oh, shucks, it's no fun when it's this easy. <laughs> Is this property that Mr. Hope won? I'll bet it's a worthless piece of land that nobody wants. Oh, no, little lady. This lot is in a choice location. Well, where is it? Just 15 miles west of Long Beach. <laughs> west of Long Beach? But your letter said I could raise rabbits on the property. You can. You just have to teach them to swim faster than the sharks. <laughs> Bob, that's ridiculous. If he doesn't give you something better, call the police. No, no, let's not be hasty. <laughs> if you're not happy with that piece of property, I'll give you another one. What kind? Oh, it's really valuable. Right in the heart of the oil country. Honest? Oh, the ground is just oozing with oil. Now, boy, here's the deed. You can go and take possession right away. Good. I'd like to start drilling for oil right away. Come on, Marilyn, let's go. Oh, pardon me, sir. Are you the commanding officer of the Long Beach Air Force Base? That's right, Bob. What can I do for you? Well, Colonel, I came down to Long Beach early today on a business deal. I acquired some valuable real estate. It's lot 328 and track uh, 672. Yes? Well, I finally found the exact location of my property, and I'd like to start drilling for oil. Well, that's fine, Bob, but why come here to my office and tell me all this? Well, my lot is located at longitude 22 and latitude 17, or let me put it this way. If I strike a gusher, it'll hit you right in the swivel chair. But this is impossible. You mean you own this land? Here's the deed. It's perfectly legal. Well, this is preposterous. A blunder like this couldn't occur in the Air Force. We don't make mistakes. <laughs> if we do, they take away our goggles. Look, Colonel, I'm willing to be fair about this. I'm sure we can work something out. Oh, good, Bob. I knew you'd be reasonable. Well, how many men have you got here, Colonel? 3,000. Well, don't worry. You won't have to move till after lunch. <laughs> oh, now, listen, Hope. This puts me in a very bad situation. You see, it was I who persuaded the service to build the Air Force base here. If this boner is discovered and they pin it on me, well, well you know what'll happen. Colonel, you mean... Yes. They'll make me put the wire back in my hat. <laughs> What to do about this? Hope I, I... Well, the real estate man, he came along with me. I'll call him in. I heard you talking, and I know how to fix this whole thing up. The patriotic thing for you to do, boy, is give the land back to the government. Sign this paper, boy. Well, if it's patriotic, naturally, I'll be glad to. There. I, uh, I did read it. Just what did I sign? Well, according to law, the government can't accept anything from a civilian. So you just joined the Air Force long enough to make the transaction legal. <laughs> oh, well, that's fine. Now that you've got the land, how do I get out of the Air Force? Well, go right through that door into that big room there. 
Well, will someone in there tell me how to get out of the Air Force? No, but you won't be lonesome. There's 3,000 other guys in there asking the same question. <laughs> The memory of this Long Beach base tonight. These Air Force men who fight for better things and with their wings they prove our nation's might. And we thank them so much. to you through the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. Please send your questions and comments to host at classiccomedyotr.com, especially if you can have any thoughts to share as to where these jokes might have been used before, or if this is somehow a repeat that I missed, or what. It's just, they seemed really familiar. Some of the things in this show seemed really familiar to me. Maybe they did to you. I'd love to hear from you. Come back next Wednesday for another episode of The Bob Hope Show, and check in on Friday for the next installment of The Life of Riley. Until we meet again, in the words of Albert Einstein, knowledge is limited, imagination encircles the world.